Ladies and gentlemen, Elite Heat is back. I'm in a different little location here. Got a, a hotel set up going on. Um, it's a bit different. I'm going to try and be a bit more, you know, a bit low-key. Maybe not much, as much shouting yet uh, until we get towards yet. the PWI. Uh, but Kevin, how you doing, pal? I'm good, pal. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's 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 a holiday, pal. It's the middle of September. I'm chilling. Uh, there's a lot to discuss, though, because, you know, it, the party never stops with our content, our Elite Heat, <laughs> you know, what we do. There's PWI, there's the beginning of our top 50 all time, which is a big deal. So it's a big show for you guys. Kevin, I just want to say, I mean, where do you want to start us off? How do you want to begin this great episode, pal? Pal, I want to talk about one guy real quick for like three minutes. One man that seems to make headlines all the time. And he made headlines today about 10 minutes before we we started recording, 15 minutes, whatever it was. And that is your boy, the all-natural bodybuilder himself. A-list celebrity, A-plus-plus actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, pal. Dwayne The Rock Johnson pulled a Hulk Hogan and lied to all of us and said that we were going to have The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39. You know, because because everybody's praising Cena now. The Rock knows. The Rock's a smart guy. Everybody's like, oh, Cena loves WWE. Where's Dwayne? You know, Dwayne is out there doing videos with Oprah. Where's Dwayne? Uh, you know, the, the, the writers are on strike in Hollywood. John Cena shows up. But Dwayne is not here. So now Dwayne shows up. The first SmackDown under the um, the Endeavor umbrella. Dwayne The Rock Johnson makes his appearance. Talk to us, pal. So, Kevin, I guess this is the end for Cody Rhodes. <laughs> the Rock is back. Kevin, the bloodline, Roman Reigns, <laughs> Rock's family, his Anawai brothers, his cousins, everyone has been the best, biggest thing in wrestling for three years. It's been on the mountaintop. Roman Reigns has been champion since... You know, literally COVID started like three, three and a half years ago, it feels like. And now The Rock's just finally decided to show up at a random SmackDown in Colorado in the middle of September 2023, I guess. <laughs> Got a pop I a mean, rating, pal. At least he's, I mean, I'll give him that. At least he's made an appearance. Like, fair play to him. And it's cool to see Pat McAfee. That's always good. But it felt so weird. It's like, oh, so he's here now. He's, he's insulting Theory. I mean, Theory deserves it. Theory sucks. But like, <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? What, Kevin, this guy couldn't afford 15 seconds to even do a video message, a backstage segment. He wouldn't even appear at WrestleMania to do like a five-second backstage segment acknowledging Jey Uso or anything. But now, Kevin, oh, Dwayne, do you want to insult Theory in Colorado in the middle of September 2023 <laughs> just randomly because Endeavor's, Endeavor's now our owner? Sure, I'll do that. So, I don't know. I don't know, Kevin. Your thoughts, pal? You excited to see Dwayne, pal? Uh, I, I can't say I'm particularly excited. Uh, I'm only excited if, if he is coming back to face Roman Reigns. I He could come back and he could assault Theory every day for the next 365 days of my life. I, I could watch yeah. a clip of him insulting Theory and I will still feel the same way I feel right now. You know, I yeah. might be like, oh, he said that this one day. Oh, that, wow, nice line. But unless he's coming out there, marching down, bending the knee to Roman Reigns, I don't care. Not interested. Uh, that's my that's my uh, stance on the rock right now. Um, Go ahead, Kevin. So you're telling me Dwayne Johnson at 53, 54, whatever he is, calling Austin Theory a cookie puss doesn't make you want to tune into every SmackDown, every Raw, every NXT. No, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Yes, you're right. Yep. All right, now let's get to why we're actually here. So we are going to first. We're gonna bring back a classic bit. We're gonna roast the PWI 500. That list just came out. Um, we're gonna do what we do best. We're gonna roast the dirt sheets, uh, and then 
we are going to start this series, this this season, the first episode of our top 50 wrestlers of all time. This is an Elite Heat definitive list, top 50 of all time. You have to agree with us, and mm-hmm. there's no other explanation. You have to agree with one of us. You know, you yep. can't have your own opinion on this. We are telling yes. you your opinion. That, that is how this works. And while I say that, please, uh, five-star reviews on Spotify. Need more of those. Thank you in, in advance. Uh, yeah. Now, let's get to this PWI 500. I, I know you have something to say. I'm going to go first real quick before you go. Yep. I, I just want to read to you the top ten. I'm just going to read you the top ten here that I have in front of me. Yep. So this is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. This has been around for years and years and years. Ric Flair has been named number one a million times. Hogan's got it maybe once or twice. Austin, you know, Benoit, I think got it. Triple H, you know, Kurt Angle. I don't know why I said Benoit. But Kurt Angle, uh, John Cena, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. This is the best mm-hmm. of the best. Yep. So now this year is number one. Seth Rollins. Okay. Fine and dandy. Seth Rollins deserves it. Roman Reigns, number two. Fine and dandy. Roman Reigns oh. deserves it. John Moxley, number three. Cool. He deserves it. Face of AEW. Carrying AEW through the CM Punk drama. Respect to yeah. him. Um, he works for that fan base, you know. The Shield is top three. That's awesome. Here for it. Gunther yep. number four, fantastic. Gunther is yep. excellent, carrying the Intercontinental Championship, making it the most relevant it's ever been. Five, El Hijo del Vikingo. Okay, um, I've seen one match with him, and it was a match versus Kenny Omega on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too sure what the criteria here is for this list. I think if I was making a list personally. Vikingo would not be on my list, um, at least in my top ten. You know, he'd be on my list. Probably not number five. That's just me. Uh, number six, MJF. Okay, perfect. Okada, number seven. Yep, Orange Cassidy, eight. Great. Uh, number nine, Josh Alexander. Um, I want to ask you, who is Josh Alexander? He's the one from Impact who has a beard. So he's an Impact wrestler. And, again, I don't know, don't know the criteria here. If it's ratings, if it's merch, if it's drawing power, if those are heavy criteria, then clearly um, Josh Alexander's been misplaced in this list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really tell you much about this guy. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. If I can't, as an avid wrestling fan, if I don't know little to anything about Josh Alexander, I don't see how he can warrant a, a top 10 placement. Well, Kevin, you're you're on wrestling Twitter. You you follow like the timelines, what all these different you know major publications. You listen to a bunch of wrestling podcasts. Like out of the two of us, Kevin's the one who listens to the podcasts, listens to the reviews, follows what's happening in all the major companies. What you need to know, Kevin knows all this stuff, and you're just like that guy, huh? Who? Wait, what? Him? And he's above. Who's number ten? Uh, Cody Rhodes is number ten. So, Cody Rhodes, uh, I get it. You know, this is from July to July. I get it. Cody only wrestles from January to July. So, I I understand that. Um, I would say that Cody Rhodes' six months that he qualified for this criteria, I would say his six months are, I I don't want to say way more, but I would say significantly more impactful and important than Josh Alexander's 12 months. Um, He must be Impact Champion, I I assume. I'm going to look that up. Well, Kevin, and just while you do that, I want to say, yeah, okay, Cody was only only here from January through the end of June or July, whenever exactly this time frame is for these awards. Roman Reigns miss, has missed about five months worth of TV and content in that time as well. 
and he's second. So I don't know. I don't know, Kevin, but okay. So a- Alexander was champ or was Impact champion for most of this criteria. Um, Great. So if you're going based off champions, well, Sonata's eleven and Sonata is the IWGP champion. I would think that belt holds more credibility than Josh Alexander's Impact championship. I mean, this is the same belt that. Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff made it relevant. It's the same belt that Jeff Hardy pissed on when he showed up off heroin or pills on a, on a pay-per-view. Mm. Um, that belt doesn't hold a lot of criteria with me, a lot of credibility with me. Uh, like 200,000 people watch Impact. Maybe we're being harsh here, but I don't like. I don't see why Josh Alexander is number nine on a PWI 500 list. How can how can I take this list serious when I'm I'm eight people in and Josh Alexander is there? Kevin, it gets better when you look at who Josh Alexander and a couple of these guys like El Hio Del Vikingo Vikingo, and these guys are above. Because I go down this list then and you get into the 10s and the 20s. And one name I want to bring up above all else is Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami, everyone knows from April 22 through until literally WrestleMania 39 was in a key figure of the biggest storyline in wrestling. One of the best storylines in 25 years, people are saying. He had an incredible match and moment at... Yeah, Elimination Chamber. He won the WrestleMania main event, won the tag titles, was still involved beyond WrestleMania as the tag team champion. Sami Zayn's 2022 midway through the year through 2023 midway through the year is <coughs> top 10. It just is. Impact, reactions, matches, importance to a company. He does it in WWE, which in my opinion should scale you a lot higher because it's WWE. That shouldn't scale you the same as like Impact, which like hardly anyone watches or pays attention to. So to have Sami Zayn at whatever he was, 22, 22 yeah. I think, which that's that's disgraceful. And yeah, okay, in the year before he was 84th and now he's gone up 62 places. Cool. He should have been at least at least top 15. I'll uh, Top 10, I'll, I'll give you. But, you know, I think he should have been like fifth. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold the phone. Hold on. Hold on. I'm reading uh, something in real time here that I can't absolutely cannot believe. I had to interrupt yeah. you. I'm sorry. No, go for it. Masha Slamovich is ranked 15th. And I'm reading here, if this is accurate, Masha Slamovich, she's a, a woman from uh, Impact Wrestling in their knockouts division. She ranked 15th. She's the highest ranking woman wrestler in the history of PWI. That can't be real. That, that, that cannot be real. There's no way Becky Lynch never made a top 10. There's no way Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Trish Stratus, none of these people made a top 10. There's no way Masha Slamovich is the highest ranking woman in PWI history. That cannot be real. That can't be. No. There's no way. There's no way that she's ranked higher than Becky Lynch. How did Becky Lynch in 2019 not make the top 10? Are you kidding me? That can't be real. You're, you're, you're pulling my leg. No way. That can't be right. No. What? No. That can't be right. I'm looking it up right now. I gotta look up the PWI 500 for 2019. Becky Lynch had to be top 10. Like, there's no way that Becky Lynch didn't make the top 10. She didn't make the top 10 in 2019. Wow. Becky Lynch. What the hell? I don't even see where she's at on the list. Did they, not do, did they not do women's rankings before? I don't know. But, like, that's bizarre. How's Marsha above Brian Danielson? Like, I, I, you know, I've been infamous for, you know, I guess not being a Brian guy, but come on. You know, he's main evented, like, every AW pay-per-view and had, like, classics at every show. The, the, old, think, the only way this makes any sense is that they, this is the first year they're doing women together with the men in the same list. That's the only way that what I'm reading makes any sense. <laughs> I'm going to read this now. This is incredible. Well, Kevin, I want to ask you this. Now, 
all through this year. Okay, so I started. Been, okay, I, so I was about to say this. Women started being included in the PWI 500 in 2021. Okay. Okay. That was about to blow a gasket. Like what? Like no way. This would have got way off the rails. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kevin, one person who's not a woman, who I couldn't say in the top 20, 25, 30, is uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, where do you think, like, where, where would you rank Brock generally? Because, I mean, he was he was a big part of I mean, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, these big matches against Lashley, WrestleMania. He had a match against Almost, and that was fun in a lot of people's eyes. He had a big feud with Cody from literally the moment WrestleMania ended, the Raw after Mania, for the next, like, three months. Brock appeared at the first five pay-per-views of 2023 and he was a big he was the French full time this year he had that massive SummerSlam main event too last year exactly incredible last man standing match against Roman to me Brock is like top 20 objectively I I think a great place would be put him right over Claudio Castagnoli who's at number 12 I I think 12 is a good spot for Brock Lesnar yeah because, Kevin, then you can still have your guys like your MJFs, your Gunthers, your, your Romans, your Cody's, your Rollins, all these guys. They can still be above Brock. I get it. I'm not saying Brock should be number one. But where's Brock? Do you want to, like, l- l- let me let me search this list because I couldn't see him in the top 25. Command F, Brock Lesnar. I, I'm, I can't be – he's not there. Am, am I not saying this right? Brock's not there? Um, I'm looking at the top 50. I don't see him in the top 50. Uh, we got our boy Tyrus is 58. Shout out to Tyrus. Um, Daniel Garcia is 69. That that's that's funny. Um, yeah, I don't see Brock Lesnar. I see Rocky Romero at Kevin. 79. Kevin, can we just hold the phone? I'm just, I'm looking at Brock Lesnar's like profile thing here on on the Peter, on the internet wrestling database. This great database of wrestling. Brock Lesnar's PWI 500 yearly rankings. In 2018, he was fourth. 2020, he was 12th. And he hasn't been ranked since. So what is, like, why is that? Because he doesn't do, he runs a wrestle 250 matches a year? The only thing I can think of is that there must be, like, a match criteria cutoff, maybe. But even, I don't think he would have hit that in 2020. He didn't wrestle. He's had the same schedule the last, like, six years, seven years. In 2020, he so, wrestled, like, twice in 2020. He did the Royal Rumble and then the WrestleMania match. That's it. He didn't he did come back throughout the pandemic. He was full-time for literally, like, six months this year, and he main evented last SummerSlam. And you're telling me this guy, Kevin... Let's, let's look now at the PWI 500 for 2023. I'm going to read you some of the names. This is just randomly at position number 101 on oh, no, never mind this is this is 2020 i was about to completely read the wrong list excuse me kevin i'm just i'm i've, I've lost my mind flabbergasted so, kevin i can't believe what's going on brock lesnar is in the top 500 kevin there are there are wrestlers literally on this list who wrestled in a few bingo holes for promotions that we have never heard of who are apparently top whatever and brock's just not there Like I, I could scream. I could make a carry on. I'm not going to. But seriously, unbelievable. I mean, it's it. You can't have a list. You can't have a list of 500 of the top pro wrestlers and not put Brock Lesnar on there. That's doesn't make sense. How is Brock Lesnar not one of the 500 best wrestlers? If this was like a top 50 list, and okay, you want to omit Brock Lesnar because you you ha- you have a bias against him because he he doesn't wrestle 250 matches in front of like dwindling crowds in, in AEW mm-hmm. or. 2,000 people in Ring of Honor. Okay, you want to penalize them for that in the top 50 list? Fine. 
but a top 500 list, like, you could find a spot for Brock Lesnar. In 500 wrestlers, Brock Lesnar deserves Kevin, a spot. Do want, Kevin, do you want to know who number 440 is on this list? I'd love to know. I'd love to. It's actually Karrion Cross. <laughs> wow, that's funny. 440, yeah. man, Karrion Cross. he's supposed to be the guy that's, like, the best wrestler on SmackDown, you know? And Kevin... Then I'm going to read you some of the names. Kevin, these are some of the big, big stars in wrestling who made this list when Brock Lesnar, who was literally full-time for six months this year and main-evented last SummerSlam in a classic against Roman. These are some guys who made it over him. Kevin, do you want me to read you? I'm going to read you number 443. This is a household name, Kevin. Get your popcorn, get your chips. It's Miles Millennium. And what number is this, 443? 443. Yeah, shout-out to Miles Millennium, pal. Pal. It, pal, it just gets better. Some of these names. Guess who? Position 451. This is a... Th Kevin, this wrestler's named after something you buy from McDonald's. The Big Mac, and, pal? Almost. 451. Cheeseburger. Oh, Cheeseburger from Ring of Honor. Okay. So, Cheeseburger. I've heard there. of him. Good, good for him. How about, Kevin... Who's this? 464. Okay. Gary J. Uh, never heard of him. Never heard of Gary J. I'm sure Brock Lesnar is better than him. I, 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 I think Brock Lesnar might be a little bit better than Gary J at putting in rest holes. You know, Brock might have him beat in selling. You know, maybe Gary J does a more, like, realistic-looking knife-edge chop than Brock Lesnar. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with Gary J's work. Uh, maybe Gary J wrestled 300 matches in front of, like, 20 people in indie shows. Um, Maybe he's got Kevin. Brock beat in, in maybe in work ethic in... in Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Brock Lesnar's not out there making indie towns, you know? Kevin, like, and one more, because like, you could do this whole bit for like 40 minutes. I, I, one more, and then we get the point, then we can sort of move on to maybe another wrestler or another topic. But just another one. This wrestler is, where's is he? 488th. So this wrestler's made the top 500 wrestlers. Doug Love. Doug Love. That's his name? Doug Love. Kevin, guess have a guess which promotion Doug Love is from. Um, what did he wrestle on Dark? Did Cody call him in the in the middle of Roads to the Top? It was like, hey, Doug Love, you made it to the big time, kid. You're gonna be wrestling. Uh, you're gonna be wrestling my boy, QT Marshall. Kevin, this guy's from what company is that? Beyond Wrestling Open. Okay. Okay. You know. You know what? I I think I've seen a clip of Doug Love, uh, uh, come across my timeline. I, I think Doug Love might do a better German suplex than Brock Lesnar. Just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, it might be a little bit more crisp. You know, the way he locks his arms just might be a little bit more crisp than the way Brock Lesnar locks his arms. I don't know. I don't know. But, Kevin, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say on that. I, you know, it's, it speaks for itself. You don't really need to. Uh, you could scream. You could shout. You could let it all out, pal. But the fact of the matter is, Brock Lesnar isn't a top 500 wrestler in a calendar year where he was full-time for six months, wrestled every pay-per-view in 2023 for the first five months, and then main event SummerSlam last year against Roman. I don't know. Uh, Kevin, any other glaring? I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with this PWI 500. Uh, is there a point you want to make here? Pal, do you know who Alexander Hammerstone is? Was he the one that served me KFC the other week? <laughs> uh, he's number 18. So, yeah, Alexander Hammerstone is number 18. Um, that is a gentleman that wrestles for Major League Wrestling. Um, yeah, so... 
Um, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Or Hammerstone. Sorry, Alexander Hammerstone. I guess he's a better wrestler than... He placed over Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega, which this list is kind of built for guys like Kenny Omega. This is kind of like, you know... Kenny Omega is usually a top 10 no matter what he does in any calendar year. Um, Yeah, I mean, maybe we're just ignorant because we don't watch MLW on YouTube every Tuesday night or whenever it's on. But, I mean, like, Impact and being in, like, meaningful feuds and moments has to matter at some point, right? To the people that are ranking this. Like, do the people that rank this, the people that rank the PWI 500 list... Do they sit and watch Alexander Hammerstone segments? Alexander Hammerstone matches? I, I like that doesn't seem feasible to me. I, I I cover wrestling. I have a YouTube channel and a podcast. And I don't really know too much about Alexander Hammerstone. Maybe it'd be different if I was getting paid to write a list for it for a world-renowned magazine. But, I mean, Sami Zayn's bloodline feud, to me, means a lot more than whatever Alexander Hammerstone did. No no disrespect to him. That match he had with Tyrus at an NWA pay-per-view, or whatever he did. Not a lot of people are talking about it, bro. Everybody's talking about Sami Zayn going into Montreal, pal. So, my mind is blown a little bit here right now. Kevin, Kevin, this is like ranking a list of the top 500 basketball players in the world and you put players from like turkish leagues and you put like a bench player from the australian league and you've got a player from like the the ukrainian yugoslavian league or the a league from belarus and you know these these players are above james harden these players above joel Embiid. you know like who was the nba mvp last year was Embiid, you know which is like debatable whatever you know, you have Embiid, let's say, like top 500 basketball players and all, Embiid's 15th, but then some point guard who averaged like 40 points a game in China is like 11th. Oh, but his numbers were really good. He had great averages. Look at the competition. Look at the league. Look how many people, look how many eyeballs are on it. Look how much impact that had. No pun intended, but this list, impact. Like it's, it makes a joke of the whole thing. And I, Kevin, I'm honestly still stuck on the Brock Lesnar thing. I won't keep harping on that, but that disqualifies the list entirely. It like it makes like how can you take this seriously? If there was um, an NBA version of this PWI 500, I I could see somebody leaving Kawhi Leonard off the list. You know, like like that that's similar to like Brock Lesnar. You know, just that bias. It's like oh, he's always injured. Fuck Kawhi. You know, like like I think that's a pretty fair comparison for Brock Lesnar. I think it makes sense. Kevin. And, like, even then, some of these placements, like, I mean, guess where LA Knight's rank? Is he even in the top 100? No. Where is he? He's 130th. Interesting. He's, like, everybody's uh, favorite wrestler right now. Some some big, notable wrestlers who had really dominant years. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura is 113. I don't know what Nakamura did in that one year that was better than LA Knight. Nakamura wasn't even on TV. Kevin, am I, am I, like, at least LA Knight had the Bray Wyatt feud. LA Knight had, you know, it was getting really hot and over between April and June, getting really good reactions. Nakamura literally didn't wrestle. What did Nakamura do? And, like, he's 17 spots higher because he's, I, I, I don't know, because he's Nakamura. I, I don't know. 
Like, I don't get this. I, I don't understand, Kevin. Don Mysterio. This is guess what Don Mysterio is ranked. I'd love Gavin to know. Gavin. I'd love to know. Kevin, this guy had a, a six-month feud with Rey Mysterio. He, he came out in a cop van at WrestleMania. He was in the Judgment Day all year. Just have a guess, Kevin. Have a guess. I think Don Mysterio should be like 20 to 25, maybe, somewhere around there. I assume he's like 220, like in the 200s. I mean, a bit harsh. He's 94th. Oh, okay, okay. You know, Frankie Kazarian's above him. Pac is above him. Frankie Kazarian? Chris Brooks, Madoka Kakuda, Dragon Rojo Jr., Volador Jr., Master Wato, Hayata, Madoka Kakuda. I think I've read that name already. Tristan Archer, Naruki Doi, I've sort of heard of that name. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, pal. Jack Perry was better than Dom. Did, did Christian Cage even make the list? Like, Christian is doing the best work of his career right now as a heel. Uh, t- telling people about their dead fathers on live TV. I, I watched a 40-minute-long compilation of Christian's best burns from this year, and that is a fantastic watch. I would recommend if you have free time, anybody check that out. There's one in there where he tells Matt Hardy, like, oh, look, Matt, the way you're talking right now, you're starting to make Jeff seem like the sober one in the family. <laughs> Kevin, Christian didn't make the list. He should have made the list alone for that burn on Matt Hardy. Like, at least, yeah, like, 391. Like, put Christian Cage 391. But, pal, but I guess Cheeseburger had a dominant 2022-2023. Can't, can't put him above Cheeseburger, pal. So did T-Hawk, pal. It's, just, it's not even the AW bias, because Christian should be, like, at least top 50. So should Dom Mysterio. Dom Mysterio should be 20 to 25. Yeah, Dom has had a great year. The hottest heel in the business. What is this list? Like, like it's just, I don't know. It's, it, Kevin, I would argue of any, this is the worst list in wrestling and it gets the most publicity because it's, it, it's got the name of the PWI 500. It's given all the credibility. But some of these rankings are absolutely egregious. It's like they go, who's our number one? Who, who do we want to have number one this year? They've gone with Rollins. Sure, I guess. There's like a longevity achievement because he deserves it. I yeah, think. Who, who I would you know. put number one? Number one, I mean, I'd put... I think Gunther's had a better year. I think Cody's six months was better than Rollins' calendar year. I think Roman's, whenever he's appeared, has been better than Rollins has done. Like MJF has had a better year. I'd argue, like, Brian Danielson and Rollins are, like, here. I'd have them both, like, seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth, maybe, around there. I think they both had pretty good years, but I don't think Rollins should be one. I think, what's the Danielson? Yeah, with all due respect. Where did Danielson get ranked? Like, like 25th or something? Where was he? Where, where was Brian Danielson? Oh, he's uh, 16. Yeah. Which is like, okay. But I mean, Brian Danielson's main event of like nearly every AW pay-per-view, Iron Man match class against MJF, involved big AW storylines. Guess it doesn't matter. All right, pal. I well, I think it's time. On that note, let's get to a more yeah. serious note. Let's get to a more serious <laughs> list, a more credible list yep. than the PWI 500 right now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our top 50 wrestlers of all time. Yes, pal. Kevin, this is something we've wanted to do for a while. Um, we've had this written down in our Lead Hate Ideas really since you know we got consistent in 2023. Uh, it's something which, you know, for us, we, we like to think we you know, have a decent bit of wrestling knowledge. Hopefully you listeners would agree. And so we figured we'd do our each, our top 50, 
you can you guys as the listener can tell us do you disagree do you agree do you prefer one of our lists do you think we're both sort of you know in the ballpark but you'd put some wrestlers in different positions are there wrestlers we've just completely shunned which i guess we'll start to talk about now kevin wrestlers we've left off yeah let's do it let's talk about some some of the notable wrestlers that didn't make the list let's address the elephant in the room chris benoit is not on our list mm-hmm. um we, like he's just not going to be on our list yeah no that, that should sort of, sort of speak for itself i mean you can't do what he did and expect to just be you know exempt i, I get i get in wrestling there's some leg rope there's some there's some wiggle room for personal matters steve austin everything you've covered on your channel hulk hogan there's a lot of stuff like that but when you when you're killing your, your your wife and your son just murdering them you, you're disqualified from any list so no yeah we, we don't accept that so no uh and anyway kevin one wrestler I, i've seen on twitter who you've brought up to me the community's praised a lot recently especially oh, is the miz yep. um can i can i can so i just kevin, can i just take this one over can i take this i i saw a tweet like a week ago that said that the miz is better than chris jericho all time and you would think okay this person got destroyed got roasted everybody was like what do you mean jericho's done this this and 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 what has miz done but no that didn't happen it was like appraisal like oh my god you're so right wow miz is so much better than jericho all time like why because jericho's wife was at the riots at the capitol building like that disqualifies chris jericho the wrestler because of what his wife does in her free time or because Chris Jericho held a concert in 2020 that, that didn't fit a national agenda. Like, Chris Jericho gave the whole country COVID because he had a concert. You know, are you kidding me? Oh, Chris Jericho got, got fat shamed by AEW wrestling or by um, NBA fans on NBA Twitter. So he's disqualified and, he, and he's now below the Miz. Are you Are you freaking kidding me? You know? It's ridiculous. It, it's the pendulum has swung too much with the Miz. Like, yeah, the Miz being objective, the Miz was in consideration for my top fifty wrestlers. The Miz has done a lot. The Miz is one of the greatest mid carders in the history of wrestling at this point. You know, he's a guy you can put in there and he'll do a good promo. We see what he's doing with LA Knight. That comes out of nowhere. The story poofs comes out of nowhere in midair. The Miz gets everybody engaged, gets everybody caring. Great. But Miz can't hold a candle to Chris Jericho, and. A lot of people are going to be like, why isn't The Miz on this list? Why isn't he top 50? Like I said, he's in consideration. He didn't make my list. He didn't make yours. Like, where would you put The Miz, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Kevin, I guess the question now and beyond that, um, and what you guys probably ask, how did we put these lists together? How did Kevin, how did I, how how did we make these lists? Now, for me... Um, I haven't like written anything up specifically, but for me, I view it on a few things. One, it's going to be impact on wrestling. It's going to be what you did to, I guess, change how wrestling would you know continue and how the how the wheel turns, or just generally what you do as far as like how much of a star you become. Main event runs. Do you have main event runs in multiple companies? Do you have a run that just changes the course of wrestling do you have a, a super memorable significant wwe championship run or world title run are you the face of wcw for a few years are you like a legend in japan and really move the needle over there are you a wrestler who 
you know, was a great mid-carder in WWE and, and then like a boom period. Like, were you like a guy who was like an upper mid-carder, not a main event, but like an upper mid-card guy in a big popular era. I sort of scale it accordingly. So, you know, the guys who really caused boom periods, they're like in the top tier and were like the face of booms. And then as we sort of get down the list towards today's portion, Kevin, 50 to 41, it's guys who had great careers, some great match catalogs, some great like upper mid-card guys, maybe a main event run or two, maybe legends in Japan, or maybe, you know, greatest female wrestlers ever sort of thing, but not ones who are just, you know, not your Hogan's, not your Flair's, not your Triple H's, That they're, they're tears above. There you go. No, I could have said it better myself. Um, yeah. For me, I I broke mine into tiers. You know, basically my tiers go from like Mount Rushmore guys, face of the franchise. Those are guys that were top, like you know, top uh, top guys in in WWE or top guys in WCW that just were mi- missing something to be put in that Mount Rushmore conversation. And the Mount Rushmore that's reserved for guys that check every single box there is to check. Charisma, mic skills, impact, cat match catalog, um, longevity, face of the franchise for multiple years, guys that everyone in the world knows. You know, those are your Mount Rushmore guys. And then the face of the franchise, the guys like you know, we'll talk about it, but guys that were number one number one guys for a couple years or one year or had some really bad years, and then had a couple good years. Um, and then I have like, you know, top like number two guys essentially guys that were number two to someone else and guys that are really mainstream stars and then i break it down to like memorable characters or guys from yesteryear that maybe should get more consideration but have just kind of like been lost in the shuffle throughout the past you know so that that's really how i look at things um most importantly impact is probably number one um remember like if people remember this person if people know who they are that's going to be in consideration big matches big feuds big significant moments that's always going to be there mainstream moments are a big big uh big thing for me too yep no i couldn't say it better myself so kevin without further ado i think what we can do um i'll give my 50 to 41 uh we gotta we gotta talk about the guys who didn't make the list we only talked about miz okay because there's multiple ways we can do that i'll say for me when it comes to miz a guy like that, yes, he's had his, what, 20-year career now, something like that. But when he's gone into the main event or had feuds against main eventers, it just hasn't clicked. When he was the WWE champion, it wasn't it. Back in 2010, 2011, you got heel Michael Cole, Alex Riley went running around clapping. His WrestleMania main event felt so flat. He was just a guy who was there. I think he was like the most there WrestleMania main eventer of all time that I can think of. And then beyond that, his, what are his other like real kind of legacy moments? His feud with Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown in late 2016. That was great stuff. No, hats off to that. That was a great like upper mid-card program. It wasn't even the main event of that actual show itself or like, I don't know. It was, it was good though. Uh, and then he's had some, you know, this LA Night stuff's good. But Kevin, I just, I don't look at his career and think that's a, like, that's better than some of the guys I'm going to list from 50 to 41. Like, I don't think it has the impact, the legacy, the... You know, if, if Miz isn't there, is it going to be that much of a hit to your show? That's the question I asked. That, that's that's sort of how I decided who made this list. I was like, if this wrestler wasn't there, how much of a hit is it to the company? Like, hypothetically. So, that's me, Kevin. Is there not, is more reasons why you didn't put in the Miz? Or? No, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to talk about Miz. Like, that's even... We already talked enough about him. But just some other people that we omitted. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair. 
is one. Mm. A lot of people might be like, why is Charlotte Flair not there? Um, for me, she has a bloated resume for no real reason. Mm. You know, I mean, she's Ric Flair's daughter. Cool. She's had some good matches. She was gifted every first in women's history you could think of. First Steel Cage, Hell in a Cell, Street Fight, everything, main event of WrestleMania. And that whole debacle there alone hurts her. The fact that she was shoehorned into this WrestleMania main event that nobody wanted her to be in it. It's the most disliked video in WWE's YouTube channel in their history. Um, you know, she's great. She's a great wrestler. But I don't see how she can make top 50 with all the negatives that come with her. Yeah, no. With, with me, it's once again, it's it's that replaceability thing. Like if Charlotte's not there, as she wasn't for six months, it was, I think, the end of the second half of 2020, I want to say. Listeners can fact check me. I didn't miss her. And not many people did. Then she came back. I was like, oh, Charlotte's back. And like, that's that's not like a top 50 all time sort of like trope. It, like, like the, when these wrestlers come back, you go, okay, they're back. Like, who are they going to feud with? Who are they going to have the matches with? Oh my God, I'm excited. That's generally what you think if you're a top 50 wrestler of all time. But with Charlotte, yeah, it's an incredible resume. She had some great matches, sure. You know, I'm sure some, some people are going to have a fit over the fact that we don't have Charlotte Flair on this list. Some people probably have Charlotte Flair really high. I have no doubt about that in my mind. But to me, I don't look at Charlotte Flair and go, oh, that, that just has to straight to my top 50. I don't care if she's a 14, 17, 20-time women's champion. That's great. If Hulk Hogan was in the era of changing the championship every three weeks just to get the rain numbers up, he'd have 50 title runs. But it's not about that. It's not about how many times you hold the title. We discussed this with Randy Savage in our bios on him. He held one WWE championship, one in a Continental championship, and like King of the Ring. That was his resume. He's two-time. Like two-time WWE champion. Two. Pardon me. That's like three title runs. Charlotte's been a women's champion like 16 times and just had nowhere near the impact or the importance. So there you go. There you have it. Becky Lynch is another one that we left off. Just, Mm. I mean, and these people just missed out. Like I had Miz 61. I had Becky Lynch 54. Charlotte, I probably, I would have had her like 67, something like that. Um, Becky Lynch just nearly missed it. Becky Lynch is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. You know, just barely missed my list. Nothing really against her. Just other people made it before. Yeah, and it's once again, we go back to sort of the the impact. I mean, Becky is probably the the most hard done by of these. I think Becky's had, compared to Miz and Charlotte, the more important career and has been involved in more important stuff. I think the case we made, Becky's like the the greatest women's wrestler. The case we made, she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time when you really put it together. Absolutely can be. Um, She's not far off the woman I had as the greatest. Um, and Kevin, one other, do you have later on your list? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, any other sort of glaring ones you want to bring up here? No, that's it. That's okay, it. that's fair. So without further ado, I'll read off my 50 to 41. Um, I'll give like brief sort of reasons. I'm not going to go too in depth. And then once you give yours, we can sort of discuss it a bit. I think that's probably the best way we can do this. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to kick mine off. Um, number 50, I've got Jerry Lawler. I think... I mean, he's an absolute legend from really, I mean, yeah, 80s, 90s, territory sort of guy. 70s. Memphis, particularly, but, you know, absolute icon there. Incredibly significant for that part of the world and that territory. But more so his impact, I mean, on the screen generally. I mean, the commentary side doesn't play into it too, too much because he's like a wrestler sort of thing. But what he did, let alone in before the turn of the century, I could not have him in. Like, I, I was looking at my list without him on it going, it's it's missing Jerry Law. He, he needs to be on this list. So... That was 50, um, and his ramen noodle mood salt line from 2020. 
that 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 helps even though it's not really relevant uh next 49 i've got antonio Inoki for this one um this was one which granted well before my time but another one when i'm looking at legacy impact what they were involved in i mean this guy was the there's a whole thing with that in the 70s but so significant for japanese wrestling evolving japanese wrestling changing just how that evolved so huge in that regard and just a big time star generally speaking so he's another one i was looking at the list without him being like it, it, it's missing someone so i put him on so he's 49. next 48 i've got vader now vader's run particularly in WCW, but I mean, he was involved in a WWE little main event run, but that, that wasn't the greatest. But his WCW work is just iconic. I mean, it's some of the best stuff from WCW in the early 90s, particularly. Um, some of the stuff he was involved in there, super important, significant. Japan as well. Like he's done in multiple promotions, multiple main event runs. What he did for big man wrestling as well, just pioneered that, I feel like. So yeah, Vader deserves a spot. He's 48. Kevin, 47. This one... Some people are going to be like, he's either too low or he shouldn't be on the list at all. I've got Hiroshi Tanahashi here um, in the Japanese circles, like legend. There is a bit of like, I guess, North American, like WWE sort of bias in the list. The fact that he's 47, because you're looking at purely like match catalog and importance to Japan. He'd be like top 15, top 20, like if you're including that more so, but he needs to be on this list. He's one of the greatest wrestlers. He was the face of Wrestle Kingdom for many years. Before Okada really took the mantle and ran with it, Tanahashi was the guy for like a decade. He was the Cena for Japan, so to speak, for like a decade. So, yeah, it'd be rude not to include him. He's 47. 46, Owen Hart. Uh, I wanted to have Owen Hart on the list. I really did, and I put him in. Owen was so significant in the 90s. He just was. Uh, he was involved in the Bret Hart feud, the Hart Foundation sort of storyline, everything involved that. His tragic passing was just such as like a horrible, sad moment for wrestling, which changed you know the trajectory of wrestling quite a bit. Not as much as another wrestler death that came out eight years later, but incredibly significant and just generally a really good career. What stops him from being higher is the fact that he never really had that main event run. Like there was a feud in 94 with Brett. That was his best sort of feud at his peak, but he never had that title run, Kevin, as I mean, you'd be aware. So if he had that, if he had a great year-long title run, maybe he'd be in the 30s potentially, but... Yeah, the talent itself, he was just a legend. So Owen Hart comes in 46. 45, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. This one, when I was thinking about impact, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, he was pivotal in the Hogan-Andre story. Like Ted DiBiase, in the main event of the golden era, WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 4, WrestleMania 5, he's heavily involved in all of this. And that was the highest-drawing wrestling ever. That drew 33 million viewers on a Saturday night's main event in February, 1988 to watch Hogan and Andre, the rematch with Ted DiBiase heavily involved. And DiBiase, I mean, his promos were great. His character was one of the best characters of the you know, the golden era. The million dollar man was revolutionary. It was a gimmick, which I mean, they've been the rich, arrogant heel before, but he really pioneered it and took it to another level. So many wrestlers modeled their game off Ted DiBiase for the next few decades after that. So I feel like he had to be included. So he's 45. Next, this one, 44. I found her hard to rank. I put Trish here, 44, because I think Trish had, has to be top 50. Just the sheer impact alone. Yes, granted, in ring, your Charlottes, your Beckys, your Sasha Banks, these, these are all better wrestlers. But the impact in the early 2000s is just second to none. 
Trisha's impact, one segment alone, the infamous bark like a dog segment, is more impactful in wrestling than anything Charlotte Flair has ever been involved in. It just is. Trish Stratus, I mean, pioneer, legend of women's wrestling. They've, they've discussed this on TV a lot with Becky Lynch, how much she did and how, I mean, granted, Kevin, as you know, they can't show a bunch of the stuff she was, you know, involved in, but it was so significant. Anyone who lived this especially would be able to tell that. So, yeah, Trish is here. She's my highest female wrestler on this list. Um, so that's 44, I believe. So that might be controversial to some. I don't know. It's not to me. Next, 43, I've got Rob Van Dam. Uh, RVD right had to be on this list. He's legend, you know. He's upper mid-card sort of guy. He's not like a main eventer like that, but upper mid-card run for many years. Big-time guy from ECW, one of the greats of that promotion. His WWE stuff, excellent. You know, he, the infamous WWE Championship stuff in 06. If the reign went on a bit longer, as you've discussed on your channel, would have been, you know, helped his all-time rankings. I'll say that, but wasn't to be. And then obviously a big career in TNA and Impact Wrestling generally, which has helped him. But yeah, he had to be in this list, I feel like. You kind of list that RVD on it for the top 50. But, you know, his title run not being long enough and just some of the stuff of his arrests and all that, it, it hurts him, I think. So I've got him, yeah, what's that, 43. Next, 42, Booker T. Uh, Booker, I found him hard to rank as, again. And this is another one which could have been a lot higher. You know, I, I, if you have him in the 30s, I get that. Uh, no argument from me um but for me i look at booker t similar to rvd you know some great upper mid card stuff in wwe his wcw stuff when wcw was falling off a cliff booker t was like the shining beacon of hope getting world title runs getting over getting popular in 2000 1999 that time period and then his wwe stuff the, you know king booker really good you know good smackdown run 06 07 good mid card work but to me i don't know i was that's where i've got him. i've got him 42 and lastly, Kevin, 41, another wrestler who is really hard to rank. If you're doing if you're doing like greatest match catalog, he's probably top five. But I'm not doing greatest match catalog. I've got Okada at 41. Um, I found this really hard. He's like my highest like Japanese wrestler in that sense. I mean, Omega will be to come in a future episode. But you know, Okada's match catalog in the modern era, legendary. And what he's done for Japanese wrestling can't be you know, ignored. He's been the face of their promotion for over five years now, you know, pushing a decade. So has to be mentioned. Um, where I find this hard to rank is like, how do you compare Okada, who was like the, the face of Japan for all these years with a legendary match catalog versus like Trish Stratus versus Booker T and like trying to rank these, you know, into promotions, different parts of the world, different eras, different genders. Like it's really hard to rank, but you know, I thought, in the 40s is fair. I don't think having him above guys who are going to be to come in future episodes, Kevin, like, you know, as we'll get to, I don't think it's fair having Okada above those guys. They're just overall wrestling importance and significance and impact. But yeah, 41, he had to be mentioned. So a bit to unpack there. That's my top, you know, 50 to 41. There you go. Right. So for me, um, I also have Owen Hart. I have Owen Hart at number 50. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, pretty much everything you said about Owen Hart is correct. You know, Owen Hart, for that, that feud alone with Bret Hart in the 90s, that's, like, all-time great stuff. Uh, he's one of the most recognizable names in the history of wrestling. Uh, he's in, he's going to be in most people's consideration for this range. <clears throat> um, I have, a, I have a Lita, number 49. I put Lita on there. Lita, to me, is the second greatest women's wrestler of all time, behind one obvious name that you all know already that we're going to both have. Um, Lita spearheaded a women's division... 
she was brash. She was different. She broke down barriers. Uh, historically, wrestling, what they wanted was blonde hair, blue-eyed women. Lita was not that, you know, and Lita was still hot and sexy and could kick your ass and was cool, a part of the, the Hardy Boys tag team, and then went on to have a legendary run with Edge in that, that heel tandem that they had. Uh, she's an all-time great, very significant. Uh, I have Inoki, 48. Uh, all the reasons you said and then some. You know, Inoki is the face of Japanese wrestling. You know, it, it's for this generation, it's Okada. For the previous generation, it's Tanahashi. But overall, it's Inoki. Inoki's the most famous Japanese wrestler ever. Inoki um, wrestled Muhammad Ali, pal. You know, I mean, he's... He wrestled Muhammad Ali in, like, a, a work-shoot match. Incredible. Um, 47, I had Booker T. Um, I had a hard time ranking Booker T, too. It wouldn't surprise me if some people had Booker T in the top 30s. With me, I couldn't get there, mainly because he spent most of his time in WWE as a mid-carder. He had one, like, three or four, maybe a six-month run as King Booker. Um, and is a legend, absolute, no doubt, all-time legend, great catchphrases, great theme song, great character. But I think he just misses something that puts him into that next tier. Um, and then, yeah, at 46, I have Mr. Perfect. Uh, one of the best mid-carders of all time. One of the best technicians of all time. In the ring, There's you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone better than Mr. Perfect. You know, he could run laps around just anybody out there. Uh, 45, I have Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat for that match alone at WrestleMania 3. That match alone puts him in top 50. Alone. That one match. Doesn't even matter what else he did. Then on top of that, you, you couple that with his trilogy of matches with Ric Flair for the WCW World Championship. Ricky Steamboat's a legend. Still the guy that's getting paid nowadays. I think he's working backstage in AEW. Uh, one of the best all-time great in-ring performers. Very influential. Uh, 44, I have RVD. RVD is working ECW as one of the pioneers of that company. One of the, the faces of that company is big. Uh, the 2006 moment, one night stand. One of the most iconic moments in wrestling history. One of the most recognizable moments, and he was a part of that. The whole thing with Cena, with the crowd booing him and hating him, and everybody going crazy for RVD winning. He's a WWE champion, ECW champion. One of the best. People know RVD. You know, RVD has more notoriety than a lot of guys that are on this list. RVD, like, when I think greatest, I think someone that is at the top of their game that people know. And people know RVD. <clears throat> uh, 43, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was about as famous as Elvis in Memphis at his prime. Jerry Lawler <clears throat> is one of the, uh, the absolute faces of the territory era. You know, he's right up there with Mr. McMahon Sr., Jerry Jarrett, uh, Vergania, you know, Jim Crockett. Jerry Lawler is one of the pinnacles of that. And he was a wrestler the whole time, in-ring wrestler. Again, mainstream notoriety. That moment with Andy Kaufman. That's one of the most iconic moments in wrestling history, when he slapped Andy Kaufman and pile-drove him. Iconic. And then when he did it in the WWE, the feud with Bret Hart, prim primarily, that was the main thing he did. That was big business. Um, but Jerry Lawler, yeah, was one of the best. How could you not have Jerry Lawler? 42, Billy Graham. There's a case to be made that Billy Graham, superstar Billy Graham, is the most influential wrestler of all time. Hulk Hogan has admitted, I know Hulk Hogan lies a lot, but Hulk Hogan has admitted on interviews that he copied his style directly from Billy Graham. And you can very, you can very well see it. Go back and watch Billy Graham clips. Billy Graham coming out with the, the big jacked muscles. He, he, I believe he coined the phrase 24-inch pythons. He had the blonde hair, the do-rag, looked just like Hogan. You know, Hogan looked just like him. Um... If if Hulk, that's Hulk, you know that's your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, 
Um, he's the first superstar, in theory. The first guy to carry himself like a superstar. So influential. Uh, he's influenced an entire just world's eons of wrestlers. That, that counts for me. Um, and then 41, I have Jake Roberts. He talked about influence. Jake Roberts is another guy. Uh, one of the best mic workers in history. That puts him in consideration here. Um, one of the, the key characters of that late 80s boom in the golden era. I think that counts for a lot. Uh, the DDT as a finisher. One of the most impactful finishers of all time. Uh, so simple, so simplistic, so influential. The snake. I mean, he's just a character. It's a character that people know. It's kind of like the RVD thing. A lot of people know Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts is a guy, like the average person. If I'm telling the average person, tell me some of your favorite wrestlers. You know, maybe somebody that's like a little bit older than me. Oh, they're going to go Hulk Hogan, Savage, Warrior. Jake Roberts is going to be right not far off in that list. You know, people remember him. He's an all-time great. So, yeah, that's what I got. There you go. No, good stuff. I, I want to say, so, so far, um, from the guys you listed, so just to recap yours, uh, so yours, 50, Iron Heart, 49's Leader, 48's Anoki, 47's Booker T, 46 is Mr. Perfect, 45's Ricky Steamboat, 44's RVD, 43's Jerry Lawler, 42's Billy Graham, and 41's Jake Roberts. So there you go. Good stuff. And to recap mine so far, 50, I, Jerry Lawler, 49, Anoki, 48, Vader, 47, Tanahashi, 46, Iron Heart, 45, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, 44, Trish, 43 RVD, 42 Booker T, and 41 Okada. So similar, fair few similarities there. Um, only real differences. I mean, you included later. I'd have later probably like 52, 51, very similar. No, no shade at all to later. Um, the one I found difficult was Billy Graham. That's probably the only one that I think, damn, I really should have had him on the list, especially after you explained that. That's the one which right away I'm like, okay, I've stuffed up the placings, you know, when you've explained the Billy Graham one. Uh, Jake Roberts, you know, I'm content with him being like early 50s. You know, I feel like he's had a similar sort of impact and legacy to you guys, like your Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase's, your Owen Hart's. Like, they're all in a similar sort of elk. You could say Ravishing Rick Rude as well. These sort of wrestlers are all in a similar sort of elk from that general era, general importance, upper mid card, a main event run, just great talents, you know, great in any era sort of guys. So, yeah, no, I think so far there's not too much you can yell at us about, I don't think. Um, I must say the 40 to 31 segment we're going to do next week is going to get a bit spicy. Um, <laughs> I've got a, a name or two, which you're going to be like, excuse me, you've put him there and I cannot wait to see your reaction. So yeah, for me, 50 to 41 was a bit of like a, not a holding pattern, but you know, not too much risque, edgy content. I've been as sort of fair as I can with the exception of Billy Graham. I've just like, I forgot him. That was a poor judgment for me. Uh, Kevin, any takeaways so far from you from the, the 50 to 41? Um, part of me maybe thinks I had Jake Roberts a little bit too high, you know, but I, I just feel like he's in that class with Mr. Perfect, Steamboat, Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, you know, he's in that class of guys. Um, I had Okada at 60, mm-hmm. um, you know, nothing against Okada. I think Anoki and Tanahashi are a little more impactful. That, that would be, that, that'd be me. Um. One person, too, that I want to say, I want to shout out that was in consideration for this top 50 was China as well. Talk about influence, talk about stardom, importance. China is one of the five most important, most impactful women's wrestlers, I think. One of the five or six. Um, And it doesn't feel that way because she's not celebrated due to her past relationship with Triple H and all that and the drugs and the porn and stuff. So, you know, she had a clean personal life 
clean track, a cleaner track record in personal life. Uh, she'd be celebrated for what she really is. So I just wanted to shout out China because she doesn't get talked about a lot, and I think she deserves um, a, a little shout. Yeah, and another one I want to mention are the Road Warriors as well. Uh, hard to assess because um, I mean one's the, like one of the greatest tag teams ever, and both those guys were you know, important as well, but. But they've just missed out as well. Uh, and I think the other one, I mean, Terry Funk, I think I, I haven't got him in my 50. Do you? I had Terry I Funk at 51. That's that's tough. Yeah, no, Funk, very, you know, his significance, he was, as far as what we talk about, impact, he had longevity, he had the matches. He's stiff to miss out. He's in the early 50s of both of us. So it's, it's hard putting these lists together. You'll put together 50 and go, damn, those 10 to 15 could be in there as well. So we want to just address that in this portion. Um, so hopefully no one's screaming at us just yet. Uh, wait till next episode until you, know, until you see what, where I put some wrestlers and your, your head's going to explode. So there you go. Pal, you have your globe? Did, did you I bring it to the hotel? Oh. I didn't bring my globe oh. in the car, pal. So oh. it's, it's... I don't know why... I've got a, um, I've got a little... Uh, a Walrus. I got a, oh, a dugong, pal. It's named Pig. Um, What's up, so Pig? It's, it's not a... It's not a uh, globe, but it'll do, pal. It'll do. Pal, you ready to go around the world, pal? I am, pal. I am. There you go. Pal. So, uh, but let's talk. Let's talk dieting. Let's talk fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you ever um, did you ever have a period of time where you had like substantial body fat on you, or have you always been the kind of stature that you're at right now? Uh... I find it near enough impossible to put on weight, right? Like I can put on some muscle, like lean muscle. I'm, I'm always sort of look sort of like this. It's just, you know, what you see is what you get, really. I've never really been a bulk sort of guy. I know some people, Kevin, I know this applies to you per se, but just generally, who they'll eat anything and then it, you'll see it on them, you know, within a few hours and they can't get it off, right? Like it's just, they just put on weight. And like, I've never been like that. I just, you know... Even if I'm trying to bulk, I put on like a couple of kilos, so like maybe like nine, ten pounds at most. And I, even then, I just go, "No, nah, this is too much." I'll just go back to my normal weight. <laughs> like, yeah, because I've had an extremely difficult time um, lose, like, like losing weight. Like when we talked a couple of months ago about this, um, I had lost like twenty, twenty-five pounds. You know, I was down. Like right now, I'm like one seventy-two. Mm-hmm. I I can't get out of that plateau of like that. Like some days I'll be on the scale, I'm 175. Some days I'm 171, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting there. Finally, gonna get under that 170 mark, and then it just goes back up, yeah. 173, 74. I, I I cannot seem to get past that uh that mark, you know. I, I don't know what like now I'm eating protein bars. Um, I've eating hardly, if not, I don't really eat anything anymore. I eat like soup for lunch. I have like salad for dinner, or like I'll have like a like a, a bowl from chipotle which is like has rice and beans in it but it's not anything too crazy yeah and i i just cannot seem to keep this to get down past 170 that's mental because i, I literally i ate a ridiculous amount like I, i'm the guy at work this is a bit which i'm so proud of which everyone will you'll probably most will hear this and be like oh my god basically i ate two lunches essentially so what i'll do most days i'll have my like a big bowl with like a heap of rice i'll have some like chickpeas or beans in there have lettuce have like a a piece of roast meat melt some cheese in like a big bowl like what for most people would be a good lunch right so i'll have that 
And then I'll go off to like the supermarket and I'll buy like a big loaf of either bread, like some rolls, cheese and bacon rolls, maybe it might be Subway or like a foot long sub. And I'll eat literally all that at once. Plus like a, you know, something else, like a cookie or two cookies. What? It, it, the sort of stuff which most people would literally be like, oh my God, that's a week's worth of food. I'd be sick. Oh my God. I just ate that. I'm like, eh. I feel sick yeah. just thinking about that. I know. And then I, I, I don't put on weight. So it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it's, make it's sense. Weird. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, like one, thing I, one thing I always tell myself, like, I'm going to have sugar. Like, I just, I got to have, like, ice cream once a week or something. So I don't, like, withdraw. Not withdraw, but just so I don't, like, just, like ch- cheat myself out of the living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to die, I want to die with ice cream in me. You know? It's like I have an yeah. ice cream, like, once a week. Like an, like, a, like an Oreo sundae or something. But I mean, it's once a week and I eat pretty good. Like like I said, protein bars in the morning, soup, salad for lunch. I don't know. It's so strange. I don't know what I need to do. Um, I feel like I feel slimmer. I feel like I look slimmer, but my yeah. weight is staying the same, you know? Yeah. No, so basically we've got... So we're both on different sides of the coin here. No matter what you do now, it's like a plateau and you seem to can't take more... like weight off and no matter what i do i can't put weight on basically like i i ate what i've just listed there like i ate quite a bit you know a decent amount i'm not even like running for two three hours a day i'll run for maybe 30 minutes i'll burn like 300 350 calories that's it and i'm eating that ridiculous amount for lunch and stuff and all this like you know other stuff during the day and my weight's like no no thanks still the same number ha 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 that's disturbing I don't get it. And I know someone like you. I know one of my friends, uh, when we, we used to work together, we would have like Domino's pizza for lunch. And I had to stop doing it because I was getting too much weight. And he would not gain any weight. Like we would have a, a, we'd eat a whole pizza between the two of us. And we'd have like wings or like those cheesy like chicken, the boneless chicken with all the cheese and bacon and stuff in it. Have that and bread rolls and, and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I can't eat like you. I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm gaining I'm getting weight on my waist. Like, I don't know how you eat. And he didn't exercise either, which really bothered me. Doesn't exercise. And I'm like, how? Like, where does it go? I don't <laughs> understand. You know, then he's like, oh, I'll go home after this and I'll go eat like rice and beans or whatever my mom cooks. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not fair. Like, that's not fair at all. It's not. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's great. No, because I, I work with people who literally go, if I'm just looking at what you're eating for lunch, I put on weight. I get weight around my like hips and around my stomach. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I fascinated. Okay, so you said you have a bowl with white rice, mm-hmm. chicken, or you said beef, like beef or steak or something? Uh, it, it depends. Like what I'll do generally is I'll do like a, like a, a cook up on like Sunday where I'll, I'll have a different sort of meat. It might be pork. It might be, you know, steak. It might be chicken something like that it's like you, you cook up maybe four or five portions so like you have a bit for each day's lunch yeah you meal prep yeah i get it yeah so so oh, like, you do, okay go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll do that and then i'll have like i, I what i do because it's easier it's more efficient i'll buy like for two dollars three dollars like a little thing of they're like rice cups so it's like a, a decent portion of rice for like one cup and i'll have two of them so i'll have like a full like double portions worth of rice um and then i'll have like the chicken cheese i'll have a tin of chickpeas like some yeah i guess yeah nutrients or whatever and then some lettuce and whatever so that's one thing and then i'll have something else so you would eat that big bowl and then you would eat a subway sub for example a foot long subway sub at the same time yeah yeah so so, so you won't okay so you don't like 
you don't like break it up in increments where you okay i'm gonna have yeah. this at 11 o'clock and then three o'clock i'm gonna have this sub you eat that both together yeah no what i'll do is i'll have that whole bowl like everything i've just listed i'll get the footlong sub and i'll get like five salads and i'll get like my fork and i'll dumble the salad into like the bowl from the footlong so it's like a massive big salad bowl there's so much stuff it's like full and then i'll have like the the pizza sub you know so it's like you know, i'm eating a pizza sandwich so i, I eat all of that at once what yeah. is that I they don't I, I don't have that in the subway in the united states what is a pizza sub uh so it, it's a, a pizza melt i don't know if it's called something similar over there no, it's basically they put no no really? go ahead go ahead say well, what's it no, maybe like maybe salami, we have i'll put salami pepperoni oh uh, the b i think they call and... it bmt or something blt something not blt but bmt or something like that it's a different sub, but yeah, they'll, they'll, I'll, I'll get mine oh, toasted. So oh. I wish like I'm eating a pizza, but it's a sandwich. Oh. So, it's gross. Yeah. I know. So basically, yeah, I do that. So I literally ate all that at once. And I just, I come back, I come back in, I come back to work. I'm like, I feel like I've just gained five kilos, but I've gained nothing. Like my weight's still the same. And, and that's just me. And like, you said I'm, you eat a cookie with that crazy. too. Sorry? You eat a cookie with that, you said too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll buy the, a red Fanta and have that. Sometimes I'll buy two cookies. Well, what is red Fanta? What is that? Uh, it's raspberry Fanta. It's like it's like a red Fanta. It's it's not orange. It's it's red. Oh well, I mean we we have red, but it's strawberry. We have raspberry, but it's blue. But the um, raspberry is not very popular. The the main flavors you see here, at least where I'm at, the pineapple's huge and the orange is huge. The strawberry and grape are okay, but the pineapple and orange are the the biggest. Yeah, but you know, so th th that'll be just me. You know, th that's how I function. I I don't know. I, and then maybe if I don't do like running for two months and I, I just go to the, you know, go to the gym and just do like, you know, just movements to try and get size. And I ate like this, I might gain like three, four kilos after like two, three months, like the weight will barely go on. Whereas if, if you did that, you'd have like 15 kilos, like 30, 35 pounds would just you know fly onto you. If, yeah. if I ate like that, just one day, if I went to work and ate just the way you ate, I would yeah. gain five pounds in that one day minimal minimal five pounds like i'd get on the scale and i'd be like oh wow, okay yep there goes five pounds because i've done that before you know you have those days where it's like you know you have a big lunch and then you have dinner like two hours later it happens but not anymore i don't yeah. do that anymore because it's just I okay, let me let me get because i've got the sort of props of what i'm having so entertain the viewers for like yeah yeah 15 seconds yep so. entertain the viewers while uh, jimmy walks away yeah, I can't believe this guy can eat the way he eats. It's like I, unbelievable. Is that, is that a Zach Levine jersey? Of course it is. Um, so I have, I have the bowl right, which is like yay big. It's like a decent size. And it's bowl. filled to the top. Mostly, yeah. Um, and then Jeez. the rices I have are these ones. Again, uh, camera shots. So oh, it's, it's, oh um, you have brown rice. Okay. Yeah. Brown so rice is it, good for building muscle, correct? So it's like a yeah. Of course. So it's like two cups, right? I'll have that all in one go. And then I'll have like the chickpeas. So like a tin of that, just so you get, you know, mm -hmm. get all those nutrients, pal, nutrients. And then along with whatever meat I want to have, and then I'll have like a foot long sub like that with it, with all the salad and that's in that. Uh, and then I'll generally, one more thing, you know. This is, this is interesting. We got the, the meal. We got the whole meal right here on camera. And there's something that oh, I've like. To, I mean, it takes a power raid as well, oh, right? Okay. With ions in it, that's so, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just a machine, and like, look at me. Like, I'm not even like, I'm not even like that big. Like, I'm just, you know, incredible. Yeah. Like, I'm five foot nine, and I'm like sixty four kilograms, sixty five kilograms. I'm like, my BMI is just like average, maybe even underweight. It's mental. That doesn't make so, sense.
I don't get it. Um, I have so many questions. Okay, so so okay, so a couple of notes I have about your bowl. Uh huh. First, you eat brown rice. Uh -huh. Second, you eat chickpeas, which I assume those are dry, right? They're in sauce uh, or anything. They're, they're like, I mean, they're, they're wet, but I mean, if you just, I don't know, they're, they're, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it's, not, it's, like, it's not the Puerto Rican way of making rice and beans, yeah. you know. Like, like I, like when when my family's throwing down, or if I throw down in the kitchen, make rice and beans. Um, throw it down. The rice first, we take white rice and we turn it yellow by putting grease and uh, like like little grease, uh, tomato paste. Yeah. Um, oil. Uh, literally, my mom will take grease from the pork pan and just phew, dump some of that grease in the pot, mix that all together, put uh, chickpeas in it, but they look different, though. They're called gandules. In, in Puerto Rico, they call them gandules. Uh, they like they like chickpeas. That's really what it translates to, I guess. Throw those in the pot, put some olives in there, and then you gotta have bacon cause, or pork chunks or any type of pork. Uh, that's just everything we just pork. So, mm -hmm. and then meat, you probably have a clean cut of beef, clean cut of steak, clean cut of chicken, yeah. Yeah. clean cut of pork. Um, I would have that with pork chops, which would be breaded and then fr deep fried in grease. Um, this is how I used to eat prior. I yeah. don't eat like this anymore. But it's how I ate growing up. It's just how you eat when you're Puerto Rican. Um, anyone that's Puerto Rican listening will know what I'm talking about. Um, so I see the difference. So you're eating, yes, it sounds like you're eating a lot and you're eating poorly in that bowl, but that's really not that poorly. Uh, if I was eating rice, beans, cheese, pork, it would be a lot more unhealthy. And you, yeah. you'd probably look at me like you're crazy. If I had a big bowl like that of the food that I eat, yeah, forget it, bro. Like, yeah, like there's less, there's not like the additives, there's not like the flavorings, yeah. there's not the extra, the extra oomph, you know, the extra love, I guess you'd put it. Mine's just literally yes, the extra love, yeah, in great, like ingredient ingredient dump it in you know mix around chuck in the salad of subway with like the smoky barbecue sauce i have on there it's like that's just what i have you know right. so it's it's not as i guess potent we'll yeah. use as the word it's not as strong as what right. you'd have which would you know send your what your weight would just go like that you know if you consume what the base jimmy consumes so yeah, yeah. I, I don't think i could eat like that i couldn't eat rice beans and pork the way you eat it i just would be like no this yeah. is gross like i couldn't do it you know yeah i've tried to very... milk prep and i can't do it i'm like i gotta have if i'm gonna eat beef i'm gonna eat it greasy and unhealthy the way i i know like i know best you know yeah uh the other thing too is the beans if i don't make gandules i'd make red beans with tomato paste and sauce and ketchup and uh it, potatoes and it would just be a mess um but it'd be delicious. Like you would, if I if I made you one of those bowls, you'd be like, "Wow, this is really good." Like I see why you like this. The pork, literally, the pork would be dripping in grease. Like you pick a piece of pork up, and it's literally dripping in grease. It's so good. It is so good. You're not gonna look the way you look. Yeah. Uh, no, That's just the way you describe. It. It's literally dripping in grease. Literally, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, it, like if you spent significant time with me, you would not look the way you look. Um, I don't, I, you know, I get you hooked on all the good stuff, pal. The good stuff, pal. <laughs> yeah. Do, do they have, right. Let me ask um, you this before we move on. Do they have birria tacos in Australia? You ever heard of that? Obviously, I've heard of tacos, but what's, what is the different name of birria? Birria tacos? Yeah, B-I-R-R-I-A. Yeah, yeah. No, they've, um, all of those. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. You ever had it? 
can't say I have, but I've 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 seen I've seen this around. Yeah, that is what, a what treat. That is a treat. I would recommend you try that. That is that okay. is uh, you. I don't know how they make them in Australia. Um, right. You know, South Florida, a lot of Mexican people here. You know, I don't know what what the Mexican population is out there. I don't know if that'd be like Australians impersonating it or how that would be. But you know, the place I go, like places I go to, they don't speak English. So it's like a Mexican grandma back there making birria. It's delicious. Um, so it's really good. Basically, what it is is beef. It's beef that's deep fried, cooked in grease, um, and then the tortilla is deep fried with cheese. And then they put they put the meat together with the tortilla and the cheese, cook them all together, and then they take the grease from the beef and they make a soup out of it. And then they give you the soup right. on the side and you dip the, the the taco into the soup. It is incredible. Yeah. It's 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 a it is incredible. It's something I can only eat like once a year, <laughs> like twice a year, but I love it so much. Wow, twice a year, or you'd look at Bronson Raid, pal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, easily. Oh, that's great. I love no, I, bet... I love birria tacos, man. Oh, go ahead. That's great. I think we'll do want to we'll call it there. Um, next week, I will say, Kevin. I mean, there are a lot of topics, a lot of things that have happened in the past couple of days, which we haven't addressed on the podcast because we're going to do a lot more sort of topical relevant stuff next week. I mean, the, the rock was on SmackDown as we discussed, but there's more because there, there's always more. This is for Kevin W's first week under Endeavor oh, in the partnership. So there's more on that. There's Jay Cargill, all this stuff on that. There's there's new, seemingly news out the wazoo. Like every day there's like a new thing that I'm being sent. Brian's spamming me with all these different juicy bits of news i'm like oh my god it's too much to keep track of cody's in the in news and everything's going on so yeah did conor mcgregor show up and punch someone in the face can you imagine oh my god they need to do that you'll have like logan paul spit at conor mcgregor and be like the major (laughs) thing of the partnership and you have have conor mcgregor shoot punch a fan that'd be great kevin do you respect kevin do you respect nina agdahl (laughs) oh my god don't answer that. I'm not. I am not going to answer that. Um. All right, pal. Well, uh, it's been around the world. We literally went around the world. We got a, a look into your pantry. And mm-hmm. yeah, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode of Elite Heat. Peace.